So today's case is really, really a shocking case. It's a murder, dismemberment of these two lovely people, and that's Joel um, Guy Senior and Lisa Guy. Now they were murdered on the 26th of November 2016, and the killer, the perpetrator, was their son. And he was uh, Joel Guy Jr. It's, uh, it's a shocking case, this one. So there's a warning out with this. Plus, because I am going to show in this case, we're going to talk about the crime, we're going to talk about everything we know about the crime. We're also going to show you the crime uh, scene footage, which is disturbing in itself. So um, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Murder Analyze. Welcome back to another true crime. Now, as you've seen from the footage, today's case is a horrific crime of murder and dismemberment of uh, Joel Guy Senior, Senior, and uh, Lisa Guy. Um, I think Joel was 61 and uh, Lisa was 55, just about to retire, having the time of their life. So this is a disturbing case, and so there is a warning that goes out with this case, also because of the crime scene footage that's coming on with this case as well. It's an insight really into the killer when you look at, you can see the crime scenes outlaid as they are. It's also an insight into what these people suffered really uh, at the end of their life. So our thoughts go out to the families. But before I begin with this case in full, I'd just like to hello, say hello to my lovely Partners in Crime members. Uh, wonderful to have you all with me. And I know we have some more now from Texas, I think it's Kath Catherine, um, so that was lovely. Also, thank you for all the super thanks, and again, my Stephen West, my biggest supporter. And uh, one day, Stephen, I'm going to actually have you on here um, doing some things, maybe on live. I think it would be quite interesting. So, listen, thank you, and thank you for everyone that supports the channel, everyone that subscribes to this channel. And what I'm saying, subscribe to this channel, it would be really great if you would subscribe to this channel. I think we're up to nearly 14,000 now, we are growing, and um we're a good site to join. The community is really great and I think the people that watch these videos and comment on these videos are really great people. So thank you for that. So anyway, let's get on with this case. So in this um, case, because we have a Joel Guy Senior and Joel Guy you know, Junior, it's difficult to understand. So I think what the family used to call Joel Guy Jr. was uh, Joel Michael, which separated him from the father. Now, when we have to, we have to really look at this case because we have to look at this Joel Michael as, as uh, because he is the killer, and we know he planned this kill. We know it's financial gain, which even makes it, I think, even worse when you think about it. I actually do think, as I've said, when you see this crime scene, there's more to it. Than, than we think because don't forget this man denied it and everything else is not really saying anything but I think when you start to chop up the bodies and, and, and things like this and then leave parts of bodies on display boil your mother's head on simmer for a long time there's more to this case really than, than what's been written about in the mind of this Joel Michael this perpetrator in this crime it's, it's such a shocking crime because when you know you were not talking about a kid that was brought up badly if, if anything um, you know he was quite privileged and the mother and the father had done everything they could 
to support this boy financially as well as every other way for all his life. But it was the reason they think that it sort of changed for John Michael uh, and they was going to cut him off. They'd said they was due to retire. I think uh, Joel Senior had retired and Lisa was just about to retire. They'd sold their house so he was going to move to another house to, so they could live out their retirement. These were very, very good people that had done everything they could for this boy. But over the last few months, towards the end of their life, they had to continue to tell Joel, Michael, that um, he's, he, they couldn't help him anymore. You know, Lisa's nearly whole wages used to go to supporting this boy's lifestyle for many, many years. And let's not, you know, <laughs> underestimate how hard that is, especially when this Joel, Michael, hadn't worked a day in his life. He'd gone through college, it was said that he wanted to be a, um, a plastic surgeon. You know, so this woman and this man, their mother and father, as we all do, support our children the best way we can, thought that they was doing the right thing. But as I think the years went on, and then when Joel then left university um, a year before the completion, I think it was only done a year, um, it, it sort of, enough was enough I think and so they'd give him a long time to get himself prepared to have to be financially you know secure himself go and get a job really because you never worked go and earn and pay your rent and stuff rather than relying on your mother and father for it so they had given him it's not like they just cut him off that day and said you ain't getting any more money this was a long time coming they were trying to help him become financially independent away from them because now they were both retired and wouldn't be able to afford to keep this Joel Michaels lifestyle going. So you can see though what happens then in this case, this boy then decides he's not happy with that and his plan was, well I'm just going to kill them and I'm going to take the insurance money of £500,000 plus I suppose his part of the inheritance from the sale of the house and everything else that was going on. And I, th I think when we look at this boy's life, you know, he had a room still in his mother and father's home. There's one that was just literally just sold. And everything was as it was when he was a kid. They kept everything, you know, they loved him. They cared for him. He was great. They thought he was great. They supported him through this university, that he had a room to stay when he wanted to stay. He hadn't been in the home for many, many years living with them. Uh, he had been studying and I suppose pretending to be something he wasn't because you know, college and university is not cheap, especially in America and this is an American case. It's not cheap, is it, when you're thinking that you're having to support someone to go through university and college and you don't mind, they didn't mind doing it but when that person then doesn't fulfill any of the ambitions that he had in the end I think they was fed up really of just working to keep a boy's lifestyle now Lisa and Joel Senior was his real parents they, they, they were his biological parents but Joel Senior had been married previously before um, and I think he had two children with that wife 
Now, they was divorced and, and that, and I think them children were about two or three year old when that divorce went through. So all they really knew, um, because Joel and Lisa then brought them up, um, and then along came a few years later, Joel came into this situation. But I think when I watched this trial, and I did watch this trial through, and I listened to the sisters, it was it, the boy, Joel Michael, was definitely distant from these other two. I think that was his choice, not their choice. This was a very outgoing family. They had a great lifestyle. You know, everyone worked, everyone was happy. They'd ring the mum and dad two or three times. They called Lisa their mum because really she was that great to them. So there was no bad family issues in this household that would make this boy do any of that. But he was estranged, really, from this family, apart from his mum and dad, he used to either sit in his room. So he was quite a loner. And so there was sort of signs there that maybe there was something else going on in his mind, um, but not where anyone would think, you know, he would go and do something like this. When you are saying you're going to be a plastic surgeon, you could say that was grandiose ideas, really. But he was meant to be quite capable of really achieving this sort of stuff, you know, going to college and stuff. But when you look at his writing in his notes and stuff, that really doesn't add up. Now listen, I've got terrible writing because my brain goes faster than my, my hands. I love to type and plus we don't type as much. But when I looked at his handwriting, and handwriting tells you a lot, he was making these notes in planning this murder. He was the writing was messy, it was bits of scribbled out, and it was like it was a bit manic, to tell you the truth, the, the writing of him um, on these notes. He was well prepared, as I said, he knew exactly what was in all the banks and everything else, and the money was going to be his, he even wrote that, that his money was going to be his. But it was his writing skill. When, I, when you look at someone who's going to be a plastic surgeon, or wants to be a plastic surgeon, um, I don't know if that, if that, if if his character and his abilities measured up to that. You know, I don't know any plastic surgeons, but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I know doctors, and I'm telling you now, some doctors and lawyers have got terrible writing. So, but it was just the way things were wrote, and I, I, you know, he says he's denied this and everything else, but when you actually look at him as a as a whole, said there was no mental health or anything like that involved in it. But you know, <laughs> there's got to be something. Most people kill, right? Whether it's a killer or a serial killer or whatever. And in law, you learn this straight away, really, in, in, in when you're dealing with criminal law. It's about sex, power, money, right? This wholly looks like it was about money, about monetary gain from the outside. I think there is more in depth to this case than what we're seeing because he isn't giving anything away. So the evidence proves just to that. So yes, I think the motivation, you know, was money. But there was also something else. He was fed up, he was pissed off with them saying no. He'd been told yes all his life. You know, he had this perfect room, everything was kept. You know, he was allowed to do what he wanted. They believed him. As, as we do as parents, we believe, don't we? And we want to help our children achieve their goals and stuff. 
But when then, after a good few years of keeping this boy, or of doing everything for this boy, the cracks started to show. And that's what I think Joel, Michael couldn't handle. The disappointment as well. So really, the best thing for him to do, wasn't it? Was to get rid of him. So Joel, Michael, was born in 1988 and graduated from high school in 2006. So he graduated high school, he had a supportive family and he graduated. Records showed that the addresses associated with him were in um, Knoxville, Baton Rouge, lovely area, I'd love to go to Baton Rouge, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, St. Charles uh, County in Louisiana. Now his father, Joel Sr., he was an educated man and he was originally, I think, from Tennessee and stuff. So, you know, this is a, you know, a wholesome, I'd say, an American family, really, from the outset, that had a great family lifestyle, that loved their family, that supported all their children. Um, even Lisa, with her stepchildren, made them feel comfortable and wanted and loved. They was all that. So we can discount anything that Joel Michael believed that he was, you know, put aside or whatever. He was the only child of Joel Senior and Lisa and literally was spoiled rotten, to tell you the truth. I think that's probably one of his problems. So now in 2016, um, and I think it was East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office reported that Guy Junior, the student from university, um, he had withdrawn from that university the year prior. I don't think the parents knew that, that he had. Because don't forget, they're now setting up their home. They're now moving back to this area where he was living, really. That was their plan. If they had done that, he would have then been caught out. Do you see what I mean? So I think there is more to this case than meets the eye. So I think Joel, senior, he was an engineer, and Lisa worked as an administrator, so they earned good money, you know. But everything Lisa earned really went to this boy. And um, I think this was the whole case, this is the whole thing here. One, this boy was about to lose every benefit he ever had because the boy hadn't done a day's work. I don't think he could, to tell you the truth, or he just didn't want to. He wanted to be kept, he liked that lifestyle. He could isolate himself away from people. We didn't have many friends or anything else either, to tell you the truth, so he's isolated himself, even away. He'd already given up prior, a year prior, the university. So there are signs of something else going on here in Joel Michael's life, really, because he's always separated himself from the sisters. As the sisters said, he didn't really even know their children's name. It was very rare that he even spoke to them at all. He didn't want that social interaction with them. So that also tells us something about his character. Now you have the mother and father coming to live closer to where you, you're lying about your lifestyle, really. So there's a lot going on here. So over these months, I think he's sat in this room and he's planned this murder in detail. But as you can see by this crime scene footage, he hadn't planned for the aftermath of that crime. But I don't know if Joel understood, or Joel Michael understood, the seriousness of because they wasn't just talking about cutting him off financially and making him financially independent. They had been discussing this with the family 
and saying listen we want to retire you know and, and so it was a big family sort of discussion about this boy and him being one financially independent because these people were retiring and to tell you the truth they looked after him for years they wanted a little bit of time on their own the children the other children were supportive in that because they already had jobs and lives and children of their own and um, as I said this was a really lovely family and Joel was part of that family he was tried to be made part of that family he chose not to be and want to interact with any of this family until the just prior to the murder on Thanksgiving when he actually changed and started to interact with the family but you see once you've already started to make a plan for murder this is now where you want people to think you're not the murderer so his character changed he now knows he's going to kill his parents and he now doesn't want to be put in the frame for it so what does he do he changes and starts to interact and play with the children get to know the sisters and stuff so they're never going to think it's me. I'm the perfect brother. Just see what I mean? The plan was already in place. He's starting now to build this confidence up to make sure that people don't think that he is a killer. And that was all part of it. Even that, where he interacted on that Thanksgiving for the first time in many, many years with these people, played with these young children. It was all an act. It was all an act and it was all about what was coming next. And what came next was terrible. So now I'm going to walk through the crime scene of this case. I mean, the crime scene tells you so much, doesn't it? When you think about the killer, right? So we know it was premeditated um, and we know it's for financial gain. But when we look at the crime scene, you can actually see what happens to these people, these poor people, really in this, and how sometimes, how much you plan these murders, these killers. They don't think about the disposal of the bodies, or in this case he did, but he hadn't worked out really, you know, how it was going to go. He, he knew he was going to kill the first one, then kill the second one, and he knew that he was going to dismember and everything, these bodies, and try and then dissolve them in the caustic soda and everything else, that he, chemicals he'd brought to try and get rid of these bodies. But it's not that easy. Really, it's just not that easy. And when we look at some of these cases, especially this case, it just shows you that yes, it was premeditated, but the part where you are having to dismember these bodies and get rid of them is just not that easy. And the state of the crime scene just shows you really what these people went through and what was going through this man's mind. You know, he he hadn't fought it through. Most killers like him, idiots, that's what he is, is an idiot, right? Hadn't really fought it through. He'd fought through the kill and he'd done his little book, you know, with everything wrote down and they'd been collecting stuff, hadn't he, for days and days and days before the murder, for the disposal. This was pre-planned, premeditated. He was going to kill these people but what he hadn't really thought about was the crime scene itself and this i think this crime scene shows you what really happened to these people and just how bad it really was and you know as i've said before this is a disturbing case this case you know on top of the stove in this video we have a boiling head 
which he left to simmer while he went to the shops and everything else to try and get some clean up tools and stuff. It's um, a shocking case this one. Anyway, this is the crime scene footage. So as you can see, as it's coming into it, this is the garage and there is spots of blood and stuff about outside, but that would have really come from him. That would have really dripped off him. It was a very windy time there. So a lot of the um, crime scene, you know, markers had to be moved because they were just blowing all around everywhere. And this is how the police got in. They got in through the garage and it just shows you this is where, um, where it really opens up now into the crime scene. As you can see, you know, there's chemicals laying on the floor, there's a hammer on the table, there's her, the, the mum's purse, Lisa's purse opened up, you know, car keys, it's just, you know, it just shows you it was random, right, this part, this part of money, it just, you know, it was just everything left there. And when you can see these chemicals, you look at these chemicals, you know, this man was prepared to get rid of these bodies. In his mind, this was the perfect way. As you can see now in the kitchen, as we go around the kitchen, most of the kitchen's quite tidy and stuff because the kills took place upstairs. But this is the part I think so shocking. Is this when the police walked in? This pan was still boiling. It was simmering, and it had his mother's head in it. It's uh, you know shocking, really, isn't it? When you think that this is the sort of um, mindset of this killer this was a person that had everything these people have done everything for him so as we come now through to the dining room on the table you can see the guns there was um, about three guns on the table again more shopping and stuff just thrown across the floor like toilet paper that would have probably been Lisa as she's come home and uh, then she was probably attacked once she's come in you can see that he had brought lots of different stuff and that for this kill in the lead up to it. But yeah, we have three guns laying on the table. And it's, um, you know, this this man didn't shoot, well, they don't think he shot, they think he stabbed. Because I think he shot, he stabbed his dad 30 times. But it just shows you this crime scene was left. What was he planning on doing with them guns? You know, really, when you think about it. And as you can see on the table in the dining room, the lock from the back door has been literally taken completely out. Um, I don't believe he came in that way. I think that was just his way of trying to say that there was a robbery or a burglary or something gone on. Um, but it was, it was out and I think that's how the police look through and know something was wrong once they were called. Now don't forget, as you can see here, the temperature means a lot because this man had thought about how quick you know, these chemicals would work and they would work and accelerate with the heat so it turned the heating up to full this house was boiling you know really boiling so as you can see here's the like light beers and there's you know toilet paper and everything just left there really just left everywhere in the house as you can see was heaters on full on and there's the door knob taken out the door lock taken out as we can see as we go up the stairs you start now to see the blood stain now the blood stain is probably from him as he walked around this house after he's dismembered these bodies and stuff but um, it's up the walls you know it's just unless I think he may have um, we know he killed the father in the um, 
sort of gym area of upstairs but he may have started on the mother downstairs as you can see now in the hallway there's more chemicals there's blood everywhere and it has been tested for blood there's blood splatters up the wall this crime scene is shocking right it's it's shocking this crime scene so as we go into the bedrooms you can see all along there's blood sort of drops everywhere now let's not forget when the police first entered this house um, you know they was looking through they didn't know what happened at first but as they got upstairs or going towards upstairs what you're seeing now it was shocking for them and in one of the bedrooms they found the hands of um, Joel Senior um, clamped like that and like that he chopped his hands off apart from other parts of his body but he had just left them on the floor so when we talk about a crime scene you know I mean you can see there's chemicals there's the, the, the gloves there's everything this man was prepared as I said it's not always easy to dismember and get rid of bodies and especially when you have carpets you're in a home the blood was everywhere was everywhere we've done other cases before but when these killers kill in a property it's they don't really think after oh now I've got to get rid of these bodies even though Joel had planned to get rid of them this way it's not easy here's part of his list that he had and it's more about the financial stuff how much they was worth what bank accounts had what him there's another heater now as you can see this heater again was on full right but this house was boiling but that as I said was to help the chemicals break down these body parts that you're going to see in a minute I haven't it's um this is from the law and crime channel this and it's an amazing channel that so if you want to see the whole thing of this case you can as we go into the bathroom the main bathroom in this property uh, the ensuite bathroom you can see the piping on the floor and that's attached to the shower hose and that's where he's filled up these very large containers um, because he needed to mix the chemicals with water and God knows what else he did and um, you know he's this is well thought about this this kind this crime really well thought about now these have been um, you know blacked out a little bit because there is body parts within these two containers and they contain both bodies apart from the mother's head and the father's hands that were in different parts the knife in the sink is part of the um, way that he chopped them up and stuff as you can see he wore gloves there was lots of stuff around but again this place was heated you know so hot that it would help these chemicals unfortunately for him this sort of chemicals that he used would have took months really to get rid of these bodies really and um, he wanted to get rid of them to nothing and we've talked about caustic soda before but it can do it can burn you know bone it can disintegrate bones and um, it's just quite shocking isn't it really when you think but this was where he all the plastic on the floor the plastic over the bath these two big drums that his these containers these big which he had brought prior to that so he really thought about what he was doing in this with this crime but he just underestimated how difficult it is to get rid of. and we talk about don't we when people dismember bodies and stuff like that it's not that easy and it's not that easy for them to you know 
to get rid of these bodies like this. And I thought that's what underestimated him. So yes, it was pre-planned -pre without a doubt. He had, it was premeditated. He'd uh, researched it. There was his notebook with everything in it. We know it was through financial um, gain that he wanted to do it. But when you look at this crime scene, you know, it's a messy crime scene, isn't it, really? So as I said, yes, he had premeditated this murder. He had. They're the lids, actually, to the to these um, containers. So, gosh. But I don't think he really understood the difficulty of one killing, um, chopping someone up, and then clearing up the mess. Because this boy, even though he wanted to be a plastic surgeon, I think that's what he wanted to be, and he had some done some training and stuff, you know, college, and then went on to university, even though he failed. Um, this, I don't think he really thought about this part of it. So this crime scene sort of shows us, doesn't it, how disorientated really he was, how, you know, messed up he was when it comes to that. He had his plan, but it hadn't really come out the way that he thought it would. I don't know what he thought he was going to, you know, what was going to happen. You know, you'd have to have ripped up every carpet in this home washed every wall he hadn't done any of that he hadn't done any of it there's little bits around you can see more blood everywhere there was blood on his bed where he's what looking at his laptop this is after he killed these people and dismembered them and stuff and why the head was still boiling on simmer downstairs in the kitchen um in the far bedroom in the back bedroom was the hands of the father and that's what you can see now it's been blacked out and as i said he sort of left, left them on show um so I think, yeah, I think he did kill for that reason. Also, I think he was really pissed off with these people because they were just about to stop giving him any more money. He'd been told that several months prior so that he could get used to keeping himself, you know, and looking after himself. I think he found that because he hadn't worked ever, this man. But look at this bathroom. I mean, this is this crime scene. This isn't a crime scene of a perpetrator that has fought this through. Not the aftermath of it. That part wasn't fought through, without a doubt. I think he was overwhelmed now with the blood, with, you know, the mess. This boy just literally got up and went down the shop after it, after doing that. And I, I, you know, his clothes just left on the floor, bloodstained clothes of his, left on the floor in this other bathroom blood everywhere you know nothing in this case yes it's premeditated yes it was planned but it wasn't executed was it in the way that someone who wanted to dispose of two bodies for their inheritance or for the you know insurance reasons would leave a crime scene so he wasn't that clever he thought he was he thought he was so he had it all worked out how much money was in each account, how much he was going to get, but he hadn't, he isn't sensible, he's an idiot, really, when you look at this crime scene, the only word for him, most criminals that do this, you know, especially when you kill your own mother and your own father, who's done everything for you, you know, you <laughs> to even plan that is, is bad enough, but when you look at the chemicals this boy used, you know, this man used for, this to try and get rid of these bodies 
what was he thinking really what was going through his mind as he's chopping up these people i think he stabbed his dad first your times you know chopped his hands off leave him why would you leave him like that there's a reason why right if you're going to kill someone for the money which he said it was and most people assume it was because look at the knives and stuff he's used why would you do that why would you leave your hands why would you chop your mother's head off and boil it maybe you couldn't fit it in the containers it, maybe you couldn't maybe that was it enough this scene here this is the scene of where the father was killed and he was the first to be killed don't forget so Joel's come in here and it was a fight the father did try and fight him off and as I think you can see by the blinds and that damage they knew uh, for, uh, uh, you know it was um, he was fighting for his life this man unfortunately lost and um, when you have someone attacking you with knives and there was plenty of knives as you can see on the floor um, this man didn't stand a chance really against this this boy this boy was intent on killing these people and um, this is where we know the main crime scene part is for the father Joel senior this is where he lost his life but as I said he did fight for it again look at the blood it's just there isn't it but then he would have dragged that body carried that body dismembered that body in that bathroom where he had the plastic and everything ready then to get rid of these bodies so this is the blind so we knew there was a struggle in there you have some machinery turned over don't you and stuff there's blood everywhere there's blood stain multiple blood stains you know quite heavy blood staining and um, throughout this room this was the kill site of Joel senior without a doubt this was it blood absolutely everywhere you know up the doors up the walls everywhere it's um quite shocking isn't it when you think about this bloke literally just killed these people for the money but as i said it's about where he's left parts of the body on show you know not just left and off chuck them in the thing later on display the mum's head, head, you know, cooking it's on simmer downstairs. That separates this from straightforward murder, really, I think, of someone that's just, you know, doing it for the money. He was pissed off, I think, that they cut him off in the end. He didn't really know how he was going to cope and stuff. It's, it's quite shocking. Anyway, this was the crime scene footage. Now, I think at this crime scene, and you'll see this crime scene, they did find a notebook, all right? This is what proves that this boy did this murder, it, without a doubt, right? He did this murder, but also his motive for this murder. But when you read it, it says the notebook recovered at the scene, um, sh you know, showed that Joel Jr. or Joe Michael um, had written an assessment of his parents' assets, which he did in full. You know, it was listed exactly how much was in account and everything else. He also, though, wrote that his mother's life insurance policy was worth $500,000. He also wrote, with him gone, it will all be mine. So this is where I think this attack, right, yes, it was driven by financial motive, without a doubt. But it was also about the mother. If he's gone, that money's all mine. The targeting of the mother I think because she had said she'd agreed with the father and the family that he should now 
look after himself financially and stuff. It was an aggression act to the mother. It really was. That's why he chopped her head off and that's why he was boiling it. There, it is focused on that mother. She's got that money and it, I think he killed the father because he didn't want him to get any money. If he's gone, as he says in his own words, it's all mine. It's all mine. I mean, it's a shocking case when you think, you know, what happened in this case and how this man had done it. So he'd been there for this Thanksgiving and then he's turned back up later on. And, um, you know, in, in November 2016. And he knew the mother was at work and had gone to the shops and stuff like that. And he knew the father was going to be there alone. Now, as I've said, there is issues with this case because of the crime scene does detail really when you look at the crime scene you can you can see how the murder took place and everything so we know that Joel Guy Senior was murdered first and why his wife was out why Lisa was out and had no knowledge of this murder was taking place at all and it was a vicious vicious attack on this man um, Joel Senior was upstairs and he was working out in his gym um, because he'd now retired, he thought everything was all right. It looks like um, that, I don't know why, um, guy, you know, Joel Michael unlocked or took the lock out of the back door. I think it was part of his plan maybe to make it look like it was a robbery or a burglary, but the lock was outside. He would have had a key to get into this property, but for some reason, the lock was took out of the back door. Uh, unscrewed and took out and left on the dining room table as you'll see in the footage so then you got to think now this man's working upstairs and then in comes Joel Michael with knives and um, prepared to kill him now a fight did ensue this man fought for his life right he fought for it. you can tell that by the crime scene because of the damage to the blinds the blood splatter and everything else but when you're an older man, I think Joel was 61, uh, Joel Senior, when he was murdered. Um, you're fighting this man that is intent on killing you because he wants his money. Whether you're his father or not, by this stage, it didn't matter. The minute he's broke into that house and walked into that upstairs bedroom, which was a makeshift gym, and started attacking Joel Senior, there was no going back. And he made sure that he stabbed him over 30 odd times. But Joel Senior did fight for his life. I suppose then that gave way, didn't it, for John Michael to sit and wait then for his mother to come back because downstairs the crime scene would have only been, she wouldn't have known that, she would have been coming in either through the garage or through the front door, she wouldn't have seen the back door, plus all the blood splatter from Joel Senior was really upstairs. He was dead and he was probably already dragged into that bathroom which had this makeshift um, chopping up area I suppose um, with the plastic on the floor and you know the pipes going and the drums already in the house because he knew that his mother was going to come back shortly and he was prepared for that kill I think he attacked Lisa the minute that she walked in the door you could tell the shopping was all over the place and um, that's where we saw some of the blood splatter I think she probably tried to get away from him by running up the stairs and that's where you'll see more blood splatter but she was also murdered upstairs and uh, it was just horrific really because by that stage you now think 
this boy is going to kill me. You, you're probably calling out for her husband, uh, Joel Senior, who didn't come to her rescue because he was already laying there dead, waiting to be chopped up. It's a really shocking thing when you think about these crime scenes and you think about how these crimes are committed by such people, by their own son. You know, the, the shock, she was probably, as she opened that door, happy to see him thinking, oh, you know, Joel Michael's here. Then he started attacking her. You know, what are you thinking? What, what would be going through your mind at that, that point? And then as you probably run upstairs and everything else to try and get away from this boy, you find a crime scene up there which is so horrific that she knew her fate, really, I think, at that point. So again, he has killed her. He has then dragged her into this bathroom and tried to dismember her, the bodies as much as he can, chuck them into the solution which he had brought several days prior. Um, over a period of time he had brought this stuff. Um, and uh, to just, you know, get rid of this, these bodies. As I said to you, you know, when you have Joel Senior's hands which were cut off and just left on the floor in a, in a position of one fist, so it's cut from here, and you've got one fist and then you've got another one that's cut from here with a hand like that. It was displayed, right? It was displayed. So why it display? If you're just trying to get rid of bodies and your only motive is that you are going to want this financial money, why are you displaying body parts? You know, hands which will easily disintegrate in this big drums that you've set up to get rid of these body parts. You've turned the heating up full to get rid of these bodies but you are displaying parts of the hands you know as if to say I, I don't know what he was trying to say but he weren't trying to get rid of them body parts he was trying to make a statement with them body parts wasn't he then he goes to the mother and starts chopping her up but cuts her head off sticks it in a pot on the stove and puts it on simmer that's what he did so again there's more to this case and meets the eye when you think that someone like him is literally just done it for financial reasons if you're doing it for financial reasons there's plenty of other ways that you can kill people and get rid of their bodies this was not fought out it was fought out about his plan and, and stuff but the actual aftermath of it the cleanup of it stuff things were going on in this boy's mind which is never said He's never really said anything about it, but they were going on in this boy's head and there's more to this kill than just financial gain. I think it was hatred, it was disappointment that was coming. He couldn't stand that disappointment. We've had many people that's killed because of they've either lost their jobs, not told anyone, everything else, and they don't want the person that they love so much to be disappointed in them. That could be one scenario. With this one, I'm not so sure. I think he was greedy, he was spoiled, and he just thought he was going to do this. But also he knew for months that this was going to be his last chance to kill these people. This was planned over many, many months. And this boy, in the end, went out and done that murder and tried to literally destroy any evidence. He wrote it down. If I turn the heating up, if I put the bodies in this, no one will know. But when you look at this crime scene and you look at the mindset of this boy, he was always going to be caught. Listen, some killers just kill and get rid of the bodies and do what they do. This boy couldn't even do that right, right? 
there's no way this boy would have ever been, it was just grandiose ideas to be a plastic surgeon, really. His whole game, his whole life was now coming out where you'd have to actually go and get a job, sort yourself out. You could have gone and worked anywhere, but he had grandiose ideas. Now that tells me there's something else wrong with Joel Michael, really. There was something more going on here in this case than what meets the eye, but because he didn't say anything, and because of the state of the crime, really, what he did to his own parents, he's in the best place that he could be. When we're talking about killers like this, for financial gain or for any other reason that they do this sort of kill, to murder and chop up and boil heads, and God knows what else you've done to these bodies, you know, in the time you've had them in this property on your own. It's absolutely shocking. And this man is a very, very dangerous man, no matter what reason he's done these kills for. Okay, the facts of this case are, right, on the 26th of uh, November 2016, Joel first killed his father, as I've stated before. I think it says here that he stabbed him at least 41 times. Listen, it's difficult, isn't it, when we're talking about how many times a person was stabbed and everything else when the body's been chopped up and it's been immersed in chemicals that's really there to destroy any evidence or anything else because this was this plan of this boy was to destroy as much evidence as, as possible, even fingerprints and stuff like that. Uh, it didn't work out like that, but that's what his plan was. So it is estimated that uh, Joel um, Senior was stabbed about 41, 42 times and that would only be left or been found out by the bone fragments and stuff and some of the body parts that hadn't disintegrated um, within these pots that they could determine that it could have been more. This was a horrific murder of his own father. As I said then Lisa's coming isn't she? You know and that crime scene's already upstairs and it's estimated that she was also stabbed around 31 times on that day before then he went on then to dismember their bodies and cut her head off and stuff like that. So listen, they were retiring, as I've said, you know, they'd sold their house, they were buying another house, it was all gone through, they just started to move some stuff. These people have worked their whole life. And it just makes me think, you know, when you have these people that's worked and supported their children their whole life, to be how disappointing, you know, in the end for this boy that you know is about to kill you. And you know, what else are we meant to do with our children? You know, don't we? We strive, don't we, to do the best we can for our children, give them the best upbringing, do what we can for them to achieve their goals. And that, you know, how terrible also for the other family members left behind, you know, when you have such nice people here that's been, you know, so horrifically murdered just for financial gain. That's what it looks like anyway. It's, you know, it's, it's um, the chemical, I don't like to say the chemicals is used to dissolve, but we've talked about caustic soda before and we've talked about it in other sort of um, cases that we've done. And a lot of people do use caustic soda, as I said, it will burn literally to, to nothing. It can, you know, the body's left there long enough in these pots and however they're going to do it. He didn't cover them because I don't think he could put the lid on because he underestimated right the size of um, Joel Senior and the body parts you know the, the these containers were quite large containers and um, it's just you just think you know once you start chopping up a body it's not that easy to get rid of these bodies you know they're going to fill up a pot quite quickly so 
that could have been re the reason why he's put the head in the um, uh, of Lisa in the pot to simmer it because he couldn't fit it any more body parts into them two containers uh, that's why the heat was turned up and stuff but it also doesn't explain why though he displayed body parts of his father like the hands on the floor and didn't even try any, at any point to get rid of them two body parts of them hands like they were so yeah I think this is a very strange case right it's a very disturbing case because it's a case of a there's no real reason why this boy would have done that or should have done that these people would never have left this boy destitute all they really wanted is that he done something now if he's gone to college that means he's educated enough to know what was right from wrong he was also educated enough that he would go and get a job no matter how menial that job is it doesn't matter he could still have supported himself in some way he could have done something but to kill rather than go and get yourself a job it says it's a very you know strange thing to think of isn't it really when you think you would rather kill your mother and father decapitate them chop them up dismember their bodies you know dissolve their bodies in the hope that you're going to get 500,000 not thinking that this woman has other two children that she's took on from a very young age and they are part of her family life but you see he never saw them as part of that family he distinguished himself far apart from them it was only that last occasion wasn't it on uh, thanksgiving that he actually interacted with these people you know to give himself a little bit of a cover story you know this these two girls had to go through this court case knowing right listening to everything that this boy had done to their parents to their parents and they believed that lisa was as much their parent as Joel Senior because she was so good to them she had brought them up from a very young age and this boy would have been part of that but he never chose to so that shows you that he thought only about himself if I get rid of him that's all mine but it wouldn't have been would it because they had two other children that would have got some of that but he just he didn't ever see that himself it was always about him You'll find this with killers like this, you know, narcissistic. You need to keep me. You've now said you're not going to keep me anymore. I'm going to kill you for your money. He knew everything about them. You know, beautiful home, everything they had. This boy had everything. Everything. There is nothing in this boy's background that you could say what would make someone kill someone like this. Nothing, really. And to put this mother's head in a pot. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's it, that's more to me than financial, right? And also these seven hands and stuff positioned in a certain way. There, there's more to this case. I, I've I've said, but because there isn't, he won't say anything. Um, you know, this, he's never going to say anything. But I think when you look at him in court, there's no remorse there at all. It's it's a strange-looking boy anyway. There's there's just nothing. Is there? There's not a good thing you can say about this boy in this courtroom. And I look at him, you know, and, I, and I'll show you some things of him. And I just think, you did that. But he's not crying, he's, the, the sisters are talking. It's like it's going right over him. There's no remorse there. No remorse at all for what he did. And probably he's got what he wanted, hasn't he? 
really we're going to put him in prison i think he got a very long time in prison he's never going to get out so again he's never had to work we're now going to have to keep him or you are in america we're going to have to keep this boy for many many years you know three meals a day and all that again he hasn't got to go to work he hasn't got to get a job he's killed someone two people his own mother that kept him for all them years and now the state's going to keep him he's silly really when you think about it you know, never done a day's work, this man. Not a day's work, ever. Ever. So if you're educated and you've done some university, even though you've failed or you've pulled out of university for one reason or another, like your father was an engineer, he's a pipeline engineer, so the intelligence was there. Lisa was an administrator, they're workers, the sisters are workers, the family's workers. This boy, mentality was, I'm not going to work, you're going to keep me. That's really what this whole case is about. This is it. I don't even think it's about the money. The boy just didn't want to get out of bed and go to work. He'd rather kill these people so they could keep him even after death. The disrespect though, when you think about it, the disrespect that he must have had for these people, for his own parents that have done nothing wrong to him there his whole life, not one thing. But the disrespect is there. Even the fault to plan the murder of your parents after they've done everything for you. These are not abusing him, they haven't sexually abused him, they haven't hurt him in any way. There's been nothing, nothing. But he sat there and he planned that murder because they said, we want you to be financially independent. I mean, blimey. <laughs> you have to think, you know, I'm a parent, I'm a grandmother, I'm, you know, to think that my kids could be sitting there thinking, mm, planning your murder. Really? <laughs> I got you, mate. But, you know, how shocking is this case in that way? But it's even more shocking about what he did to them bodies after. This is what makes this case so interesting, right? You know, how he's, <laughs> where he's dismembered these, li these limbs, put them in this acid, this caustic soda. I'm in the mixture of chemicals. I'm surprised this house didn't blow up. Really, the mixture of chemicals that this man used turned the heat up so hot in this property, you could hardly breathe. These chemicals were literally dissolving these bodies, even when the police was there trying to get these bodies out. They're dissolving. They needed to get them out of this chemical as quickly as possible. One for evidence, but also you want to know, don't you, what's happened, and these human remains do tell you a lot about the murder itself. The crime scene tells you something, it tells you quite a lot, I suppose. But if you can get the body, really there's a lot that you can determine about the body, um, you know, what happens in that death. And, but it's, um, it's <laughs> you know, I watched this case and I watched it on that channel and I just thought, my gosh, but I watched him I found him fascinating because he was just staring and listening and you thought, you know, smiling, sort of, I just thought, you know, you've done all this but you just are not good, you know, you, you're just not good, he deserves to be in prison for the rest of his life, there's nothing you can do for this boy, I don't think there's anything you can do for anybody that does this sort of crime, but really when you think about this poor Lisa and um, her husband, guy, guy, uh, Joel Senior, you just think it's, uh, it's very sad and it's a very sad end to people that worked all their life 
great family, great people, and to have their life taken like this by someone that loved them. I think it's always worse when you're killed by someone you know. You know, the family find it more difficult, the secondary victims find it more difficult to, to understand why. And I think for the secondary victims, when you have a case so graphic as this, it's also hard to imagine that fault and this evidence that you've heard through this call is never going to leave you. You're always going to imagine the pain and suffering that these people went through in death. And then, you know, the dismemberment after death was just shocking for this whole family to have to come to terms with. But in court, you could see the distance between the sisters and him. But I think that was mainly Joel Michael's issues. That wasn't theirs. That wasn't theirs at all. He's just never wanted to interact with him. You know, did he have some spectrum or something? Was he under some form of mental health? I don't know. I think there's a lot, you know, with this man that we don't know because one, he won't say. But I think when you've gone through college and stuff and there's lots of killers and stuff and lots of people that, met, you know, have sunk into depression or um, had some form of mental health, um, but I think with him, no, none of that can be used. I think he knew that these people would have always supported him one way or the other, but not to the extent they had been. And for him, it was that disappointment. They disappointed him because he's a narcissist. And they disappointed him and they were going to pay for it. And I think that's why he chopped the mother's head off and that's why he left the hands on show. Not just to kill them, to say something about that kill. His disappointment in them, because they cut him off. Shocking, isn't it, really, when you think that's all it can take sometimes. So, okay, let's round up Joel Guy Jr., or Guy, uh, Joel Michael, still your names. So his personality was that he was always distant whether that was internal or external, so whether it was in the family, it was distant from inside the family, apart from his mother, really, uh, and his father, but from the sisters, no, there was nothing. And also from outside um, influences, no, there was no close friends, there was nothing like that. He had isolated himself from a very, very young age, which does tell us something about his, you know, um, state of mind, right? It really does. So he's not social in any way at all. I think the mother doted on him, so as I said he was spoilt, he was totally doted on by her, she may have done everything she could and I think she believed every word he said, right? So these grandiose ideas which is a form of mental health because when people aren't achieving they sort of lie and try and influence the people so close to them, like the mother who doted on him, uh, it's like this false life that he was trying to show to them um, that he was living because they believed him, right? I didn't believe a word of it when I read that he wanted to be a, a um, you know, plastic surgeon and stuff and that was made up from a lot of different things. One also being that when, you know, he's in youth and as, as he grew that he was socially isolated himself. That is not someone that's going to train to be a doctor or, you know, would, takes a lot and a lot of interaction and also a plastic surgeon. So that also shows us something, doesn't it, about 
the mindset of this boy. So these grandiose ideas. And the mother, of course, believed them. And I think this is why John moved away um, for quite some time. So he could pretend this life to his mother, gain the money, you know, she's keeping him, he's, you know, he's doing his best, he's working, you know, training, he can't work because he's training to be a doctor and stuff like this. And I can sort of understand where she comes from, this woman, because my auntie, my aunt Jess, who's passed away now, love her, her son um, did train to, he went to uni and everything else, and he trained to be a doctor and he's a doctor of cancer research now. But she worked for about seven years, actually, and done extra cleaning jobs and everything else and never opened the wage packets, sent them to him to help him get through university and help him get through that. Now, uh, you know, she was wonderful, but that was what the dedication is and commitment, what we give to our children. And um, for him it worked out. And he's, we, we don't want payback, do we, as parents or grandparents? We want our children to achieve. And, and stuff but and you think when they do achieve you know not are they going to financially help you but it's that um feeling of you know you're proud of them and and stuff and and of course as you get older they can help you because they're in a better financial job so i understand where lisa was coming from when she believed joel um michael was doing this sort of thing she wanted to believe him because she he, she was he was making her proud and making her feel good and you know and she's giving him this money because she knows how difficult it is that you can't work when you're doing this sort of study and stuff which really you couldn't you you need some from help from family members and stuff as you're going through this but you need also to have like with my aunt that you're seeing some comeback for that like they are passing the exams they're actually going to university they're getting along they're doing you know their shifts late night shifts through in the hospital working their way up sort of thing but he couldn't show that to her so as i think as these this years went on and this time went on with this man is that she maybe started to think hmm you know maybe this is all bullshit really and I think the father had seen through it a long time before. And that was his saying, this is it. You know, he's now got to be financially independent because we want to get on with our life. We've given him enough time, which they had, and especially Lisa had, given him a lot of time, a lot of money. And I think it was all this stuff when Joel Michael was told, that's it, you're getting no more. That he also felt they didn't believe him anymore. They didn't believe in him anymore. Because really, there was nothing to believe in this man. This man was absolutely no good, was he? He hadn't done day's work, he hadn't really done university, he'd done nothing to help himself at all. And not even to go and get a job yet after, and they didn't just cut him off, as I've said, it was months. They was talking about this, you know, she's still handing this boy these wages to try and help this boy to get him secure. But nothing was working and as she was doing that and she was preparing for her retirement with her husband after working all these years and giving this boy all this money he was planning to kill them that's what he was doing and i think that is what makes this case so shocking is when you had lovely beautiful people with a lovely life and about now to end their life in happiness and you know and they loved each other these people they loved each other for him to come along and take that all away because they said no so let's talk about 
this pre-meditation book. So it's a series of sort of, you know, writing pads and stuff that he had that determined the premeditation of this murder, really. I mean, this was the prosecution's case in one hit, really, wasn't it? When you read what this boy had wrote down, I mean, there was no way that this boy was not going to be prosecuted for this crime and uh, charged and prosecuted and sent to prison for a very long time because he'd literally wrote everything down. But even his pre-planning, and as I've said from the beginning, when they, these people, they pre-plan the murder, but they don't pre-plan the aftermath of what else has to happen to get rid of these bodies. You know, what was he going to do with these tanks after? Did he not think anyone was going to come and look for these people? And that's exactly how he was called. So, is this, in this, in this um, book, there's a list. So it's get carving knives, get knives, get killing knives. He's put killing knives, get killing knives to make small pieces. Get sledgehammer to crush the bones because he knew that not all these chemicals could dissolve these bones solid, right? They needed to be crushed up. So he's going to kill these people, dismember them, smash them with the sledgehammer and literally put them in, in this load of chemicals that he's, he's got. Get plastic bins, get bleach to clean up, um, <laughs> get a food grinder, get a blender and grind the meat. Now grind the meat is the body parts. So he's going to strip the skin off the body parts. He's going to grind it up to get to the bones, to smash the bones with a sledgehammer. Now when you're thinking, this is now a kill of the extreme, right? Most killers will just kill you, really. They are not going into this sort of detail. This tells us more about what's going on in this boy's mind than this. It's detailed. Every single thing is detailed in here get rid of um, the blood spots to prevent evidence at the time of death, um, not the mattress or couches. So get rid of the blood spots. When you've seen this crime scene, as you've seen it, where you couldn't have got rid of these blood spots because it wasn't just blood spots, was it, or splatter. It was everywhere. He underestimated how hard it is to kill and dismember someone in a closed property where you have walls and everything else that's going to pick up everything and carpets that's going to sink in you know this boy had not fought this through he really hadn't so um get rid of bodies inside a house there's my dna already there so we have this a lot with killers when we say about dna because if they are usually in that home and don't forget he went and he participated on Thanksgiving didn't he he made sure that people saw him there he wasn't just stuck in the room as he usually is he actually interacted with the family members and the younger children his fingerprints would have been everywhere his DNA would have been everywhere that's what that was about because he hadn't interacted with these people or he hadn't ever I don't even think he knew the name of his nieces and nephews he had no intention ever of knowing them apart from that one day and that was relevant to his kill list that was previously wrote and that was about my DNA would have already been there he wasn't that silly really and then it's got um, this is where he's crossed out sort of things right open up dodgy doors to provide entryway he needs to be blamed flush chunks of down this is mixed up now 
flush chunks down the toilet, not garbage. Um, he needs to be blamed, not intruder. I mean, you don't know where he's coming from with this because don't get this is what he's wrote himself in his little books and notepads that he kept as he's making his way really to do these kills. So disposal now, underlined. Get plastic sheeting for purposes, right? For for disposal purpose. Then he's crossed a line out again. Get hollow point bullets just in case. Will be seen. Um, buying bullets, just use computer room gun. Check to make sure there are bullets, last result. So if the stabbing of Joel Guy Senior hadn't worked, you know the 40 odd stab wounds, because this man fought back, quite a big man, fought back, he was going to shoot him anyway. That's why the guns were on the table, just in case he was ready. Alright, so this is where now it comes to the financial gain part. It says, if he's not alive to claim her half of the insurance, the life insurance money, all, it's all mine, and it's put in brackets, $500,000. Shocking, isn't it? Then the next list goes on to say, flood the house, cover up forensic evidence, turn heaters up as high as they go, um, speed up the decomposition of the bodies, bleach reacts with um, aluminum, so when you're looking for blood splatter, and you listen, you didn't have to put any special lights on or, or you know, flood this house so you could see the blood stains, it was there right he hadn't got to the bleach part to try and clean up this property because by this stage i think he was overwhelmed but it was in there he had researched this kill before he knew and it doesn't always work with bleach where you're trying to get rid of all blood and we've said this before when you're in a closed area and you are just decapitating and dismembering bodies blood and body parts and stuff skin cells everything are going to go everywhere Right, they're going to go everywhere. So bleach wouldn't get rid of everything. But he, in his mind, thought it would. Even though the bloke was so lazy, he couldn't even be bothered to clean up the crime scene anyway. So he can write what he wanted, but to execute this kill, really, he had done the kill, done the dismemberment, but he hadn't done anything else to do with clean up and stuff. He just couldn't be bothered, really. It's too bloody lazy, I think. So... Then he's got a big sprayer, <laughs> a trash compactor, body gives time of death, alibi, alibi, body gives time of death, so he's even thought of an alibi. Don't have to get rid of bodies if there's no forensic evidence on the body, that's why he wanted to dismember and put the bodies in this chemical stuff that he's used. So then he's got fingerprints and DNA. So when we talk about the surveillance footage of him going into these shops and buying these tools that he had used and gained all this stuff, you know, he did. He, he was caught and he had done this over several days, buying these drums, buying this sort of stuff, these containers for this body in, uh, the bleach spray, the extension cords, you know, and we had the cords, didn't we? We had the pipe coming from the shower. 
um, all this stuff, the, the big plastic sheeting that he'd used in the bathroom to chop up the bodies and stuff, all this was brought. All this was brought and he'd been filmed on, on it, really. So I think on November the 19th, he was seen buying um, in Knoxville, I think in uh, the Walmart there, buying the plastic um, blue, you know, containers, right? Large enough, I suppose, to dismember these bodies and these for these bodies to dissolve in. But with anything, you know, when we're dissolving anything, so you're putting the fluid in, but when you start dissolving, these drums that were in all these containers that were in this bathroom with this heat were expanding, right? They were expanding with the heat and the pressure of the bodies being chucked in and dissolving. You're creating, aren't you, more. So he couldn't get the lids on. As I said, the heat was really, you know, building up this um, process of, um, you know, dissolving these bodies. And it, it's terrible, really, when you think about it, but Lisa Guy was also seen on surveillance footage shortly before her murder, buying items from Walmart at approximately 12.15. So why um, Joel Michael was killing his father, she was in Walmart buying some items, and this is the items that you can see um, by the front door as you walk, as we go through with the footage. That was her shopping that she had brought, and she was probably attacked the minute she walked in that door. So it does state and it is known by the crime scene really that uh, Joel was, as I said, murdered first and he was attacked in that second floor um, bedroom, that makeshift gym and it's also said that Lisa was out shopping as we can tell by the CC footage. She knew nothing about what was going on when she entered the home, she entered through the front door, she's walked in, she knew something was going on, she could probably see or hear something, she could probably see the disarray in the house because this bloke wasn't clean in what he was doing, was he really? Plus he had walked around this house with probably bloodstains and that's probably what she saw. She dropped her shopping as she walked in the door, she walked upstairs and she was attacked and stabbed 36 times. Also, nine of her ribs were severed from her body as well as her head. So with Lisa, when he had killed them, both these people, um, as I said, he'd severed the hands and left them, hadn't he? He hadn't even tried to, dismember, to dispose of these body parts. He had left them on show in that second bedroom. Uh, he then removed Lisa's head and it is said by the forensic examination that her head was not just cut off, it was forcefully cut and then literally broken off from the rest of her body uh, quite forcefully um, and uh, put in this pot that was left to simmer. So both victims had their arms and legs really sort of chopped off and you know and I think um, Gary Senior at the waist, so he'd cut at the waist, and Lisa at the knees and their limbs and torsos were placed in these full these bins full of chemicals to dissolve the bodies. Each body had a large gas a gash uh, inflicted after death again, and that was also to allow the chemicals to get inside the body. Uh, if you're going to put a torso in this chemical. He slashed it open, opened it up so the chemicals would go inside the body and dissolve that body quicker. Um, it, it, you know, when you, this, I, I've said to you, haven't I, about this case, it's just a disturbing case. 
because you can tell by the mentality, the mentality of this boy that he understood that to try and get rid of these bodies he had to do all this to it there was more to that kill than just that I think but to, you know how can you do it you know how, how could you do such a kill it's one of the most shocking murders I think I've ever read because of the detail of what he went to to try and dispose of these bodies after death uh, and to understand and, and even when you think and you look at his you know premeditation sort of diaries I suppose you know he's um, he's a bit of an idiot really isn't he because you've gone to all that trouble to kill and dismember and chop up these bodies in a certain way so that the chemicals take effect but you've left the crime scene you've left everything as it is as it is you know what did he think was going to happen after these murders you know the only reason that people knew these people were missing was because Lisa constantly went to work she didn't turn up for work one day and literally the boss rang and it was just literally a um, welf welfare check really by the police um, on her because they was a bit older and you know people knew they was going to retire and stuff like that but Lisa's job, she'd never missed a day. Never. And they knew something was wrong. And you know, no one's fault. And these poor police officers, and I say a lot about police officers, when you think they've entered this crime scene looking really to see if something's happened, you know, heart attack or something. You know, the, the scene, and I think you can hear um, when I watched some of the footage, the body cam footage of the police, were so shocked to what they find. And they said, oh my God is that hands sitting there and they knew and that search then stopped and then they left and then it was then for the forensic team to come in and find all the rest of the stuff what happened to these poor people so listen there's you know this Joel guy junior went to court as I said you know he's he went to court tried to say he was not guilty but you have all this evidence, overwhelming evidence, around him. In 2016, 28-year-old uh, Joel Guy Jr. Uh, murdered his parents, dismembering their bodies and dissolving their remains in acid and other chemicals, to tell the truth, while burning his mother's head on the stove. Like most Americans, in late November, Joel, Michael uh, and his wife, Lisa, were preparing for the feast in Knoxville, Tennessee. The couple were grateful to have their son, Joel Guy Jr. and his three half-sisters over the Thanksgiving period. The joy would tragically turn into a terror, really, as Joel Guy Jr. stabbed both parents to death later that weekend. So, when you think about him, this man stabbed his father 42 times before knifing his mother, 31 times he dismembered them both, boiling his mother's head in a pot and flushing their flesh down the toilet. Gold Jaya Jr. had made detailed notes and that is the part of the case which is called the um, premeditation diaries. October the 2nd, 2020, Joel Guy Jr. was found guilty of two counts of premeditated first degree murder three counts of felony murder and two counts of abuse of a corpse and he was sentenced to life in prison. So this has been the murders, very sad really murders of Joel 
and Lisa Guy by their son, Joel Michael Guy Jr. It's just been, you know, when you read, sometimes some cases just leave you shocked, don't they? They leave, it, they leave you thinking more. Because don't forget, and I've said before, this man really denied doing this murder. His defence team really didn't say much, to tell the truth, what could they say when it's all wrote down there. But the prosecution did a good, good case, you know, here. They really did. But they had a lot to work with, really. When you have such a person like him to deal with, where he so stupidly thinks he can do what he wants, but he didn't think about the pre-planning of the murder, the aftermath of the murder, what would happen. This man is in the place where he should be. For the rest of his life, he should remain in prison and never be allowed out. So thank you for watching Murder and Lies. Thank you for joining me on this case today. Please subscribe. Please hit the like button. Please hit the notification bell. And until the next time, bye-bye.